You are listening to the audio edition of Unstoppable Farce, The Mitch Maloney Story, by Mitch Maloney, read by the author. Chapter 9 Gertrude We're somewhere south of Tuscaloosa when the bus catches fire and flips over on its side. So what am I doing in this part of Alabama? I just so happen to be the opener on Hannah Gadsby's new North American one-person post-post comedy performance, which she's calling Gertrude on account of your guesses as good as mine. We don't have any actual performances scheduled in this part of Alabama, but we took a little side trip to try out a barbecue spot that Todd Berry mentioned in his book. And note one. Let me second his endorsement. Big Daddy's Dreamland BBQ on Jug Factory Road is definitely in my top 20 barbecue spots that we've visited on this tour so far. Now I'm sitting on the side of the road with the great Gatsby, the titan of Tasmanian trauma comedy herself, and our chauffeur, Leif, the affable Swede. As I watch the flames flicker up into the night, up from the Greyhound bus that I purchased with my advance from HBO, and had spruced up with vintage pinball machines, a full bar, and dozens of beanbag chairs with built-in magic finger massagers, which I generously volunteered for a very reasonably inflated rental fee to use as our tour bus. It all feels like a metaphor for something, but I can't quite put my finger on it. I almost lose myself in the flickering flames, but I can tell Gadsby is upset. If I've learned anything from this tour, it's that she can be pretty touchy sometimes. And now, instead of thanking me for introducing her to the rich culinary traditions of the rural South, Gadsby wants to point the finger. I thought things were good between the two of us, but now she tells me that tension has been building and building which I guess is her way of saying that my fan base is growing and hers is shrinking. I try to stay positive. Look on the bright side, I tell her. This can give us a chance to really get to know one another. Maybe the problem is that we're too similar. She says she bigs to differ. She says it's all my fault that now we're stranded in the middle of nowhere. It's not the middle of nowhere, I say. It's Alabama. I thought you'd feel at home here. They say Alabama is the Tasmania of America. That's worse than nowhere, you d***head, says Gadsby. She says she now feels bimboozled by the reps at United Talent Agency that told her that my literally unbelievable story of redemption and personal growth, plus inexplicable youth appeal, had good synergy for her next step career-wise. 
and now she says she wishes she and now she says she wishes she, and now she says she wishes she hadn't bailed me out in London that it was all some big publicity stunt that she was coerced into you know it's too bad you didn't get some of this off your chest when the cameras were rolling it might have made for better tv than you're sulking around all the time is what i want to say but then I reel it in. Look, I say, I know this feels like a setback. And I know sometimes it's hard to jump back into a big undertaking when you lose some momentum. Believe me, back in the old pre-FC days, I had more than my share of big ambitious projects just run out of steam halfway through. But I'm not going to let it happen again, damn it. This time I'm going to take it all the way to the end of the line. I swear I will, Gadsby. She looks me dead in the eye like she can't believe what she's hearing. How can you say that? People are dead. I don't want to downplay the tragedy, Gadsby. Yes, lives have been lost. Talented, hard-working people that didn't deserve to die. People like the road crew. The docu-series crew, your hair, makeup, and wardrobe team, my ego masseuse, and my personal mixologist that all perished in this unfortunate mishap. We must always remember their noble sacrifice, even if we are contractually obligated to never publicly acknowledge their existence. And I won't even mention the vintage pinball machines that were lost. Do you know how hard it is to track down a bad cat's table in vintage condition these days? Gadsby cuts me off. I hate your damn pinball machines, she says. What kind of lesbian hates pinball, I ask incredulously. An artistic one, you dick. I thought you said you'd read me book. I think to myself it's funny how sometimes the Tasmanian accent sounds almost like a Cockney accent. The important thing, as far as I can tell, is that you and I made it, Gatsby. The FCs survived. That's what matters. And, of course, our driver Leif, the affable Swede. Leif smiles and nods some more. I know you think we wouldn't be in this pickle if it wasn't for my drinking. And maybe my penchant for flaming cognac cocktails played a minor role in this little mishap. I can admit that. But you have to admit that they did look pretty darn snazzy. That's your problem right there, Mitchell. It's all artifice with you, isn't it? You're inauthentic. That one stings coming from Gadsby. I know that as far as she's concerned... Authenticity is the secret sauce of great comedy. And note two. Speaking of secret sauce, have you ever tried Alabama white barbecue sauce? The secret ingredient is mayonnaise. I'm starting to worry that maybe I miscalculated back on page 19 when I went out of my way to say I wanted the yahoos to like me and not be a Comedian's comedian. More and more, it seems that the top-tier FCs don't dig my style. What am I hiding from, 
asks Gadsby. Why am I so afraid to tell the real story of my life? Why do you have to camouflage the truth about yourself with all these bills and weasels? Sorry, did you say bills and weasels? Bills and weasels. 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 Oh, bells and... Suddenly, over the crackle of the flames, a strange noise creeps in from the shadows. A slow, ominous whistle. First just one, then two, and now five or six whistling shadows. Look away. Look away, says the whistling. Slowly they crawl out from the darkness. A group of bedraggled monstrosities become visible in the orange light of the flames. There's a look of confusion and fear growing in Gadsby's eyes. Don't worry, I tell her. These are just some good old-fashioned southern chuds. Cannibalistic, homophobic, unhygienic Dixie whistlers. They suffer from a degenerative disorder on account of all of the frack sap in the water here, as well as their rampant use of a regional narcotic called white skunk juice. That's why their eyes glow like toxic sludge. They live in refuse, at the bottom of landfills or municipal waste facilities. I read all about it in the New England Journal of Rednecked Hillbillery. They're usually harmless to the living, but try not to broadcast the whole lesbian thing if you can, Gadsby. I know I've got nothing to worry about for myself, personally, on account of my all-of-the-above-style privilege. And the same goes for Leif, who's casually roasting marshmallows over a burning tire, untroubled by the chuds looking over the charred and smoldering limbs of the road crew. But it might be a little late to try to squeeze Gadsby back in the closet, because there's already a chud thrusting a sharpened stick towards her haunches. And anyone who knows Gadsby knows, the last thing you want to do is point out the haunches. No worries, Gadsby. I've been trained in the martial arts. I broaden my stance, pull in my knees, loosen my wrists, and begin methodically flapping my hands like a water-deprived trout in slow motion. The first position of Comido Defendu. Now I must patiently wait for the enemy to come to me. But I guess the great Gadsby's not in a waiting kind of mood. I refuse to be traumatized, she wails dropping the accent completely as she rips the sharpened stick from the hands of her haunch harasser and immediately drives it through his shoulder, causing glowing green gore to gush down onto the gravel grossly. The pack of mutants collectively turns their attention to Gadsby, who is now in full berserker mode as she swings the crude spear from chud to chud, stabbing wildly. One gets speared through the torso. Another gets a glowing eye skewered and plucked. Suddenly, another sound drowns out all of the stabbing and squishing and gurgling noises. The thrub-thrub-thrubbing of a helicopter's blades. Startled, the chuds slowly back away, menacing the chopper with their raised fists. 
What's the matter, chuds? Never seen a helicopter before? Oh, yeah, I guess that does make sense. The Chopper, emblazoned with the United Talent Agency logo, zeroes in on Gatsby and drops her down a rope ladder. Seconds later, she's up and away and pulling up the ladder behind her. Now that's good representation, I say to Leif, who smiles and nods. Where's the rescue helicopter from the Gersh Agency? Or Dunsflix, for that matter. Do they have so many content creators on the roster that they can't even keep track anymore? Maybe if we're lucky, another chopper will come along. But for now, it's just me and the chuds. And Leif, of course, the affable Swede. I remember the wise words of James Acaster. May the universe guide you and catch you every time you fall. And with each and every scrape... May you grow stronger, smarter, and more resilient. And note three. I take a breath and re-loosen my wrists. This audio edition of Unstoppable Farce, the Mitch Maloney story, was made possible by the Seventh Reformed Church of Latter-day Witnesses, the Bleepers.